face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, are Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Dragon! And we're back talking about the Dominion War with the next two episodes in a change to the scheduled programming because I forgot an episode was a Dominion episode again. Uh, we're doing Treachery Faith in the Great River, but we're also doing Once More Unto the Breach. You really scared me that when you said this change to the uh, programme thing that you like you meant since no, you told me. When it, like, no! no, when I announced it last week, I forgot well, that Once More Unto the Breach was kind fair, of a dominion, so I thought of it as uh, a Klingon one. Can I just say here, I want to be really generous to Ian here and, and assume that we can make changes to the schedule and he will have no issue in talking about a Star Trek episode, whichever we pro Oh, we that's pick. true. But I was just saying before we came on air, the funny thing is, <laughs> sometimes when I rewatch them, I'm really surprised at the dip. Like, uh, not to, to jump ahead too much, but it's like, I kind of, there was something about the kind of uh, Dahar Master uh, second episode that just, I was like, why don't I remember this more fondly? I think it's just like it just takes too long to get there, but one does. Boy, is it amazing. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. we'll get there. I think I enjoyed it. It's not one that I think of really fondly when I think about episodes, but I, I did enjoy it, it. It's one of those that you don't it's not on your immediate go back to watch list. Mm. But when you watch it, it's always, yeah, this is a great episode. I'm telling you, if it got going a bit quicker, I think it would be on mm. everyone's watch list. It's just because it takes, yeah. like, I noticed it was about 17 minutes before they, anyway, like, that's the next one. I feel like with Core, it was the law of diminishing returns a little bit because Blood Earth was so good when they brought the three of them back and... Yeah, anyway, we'll get there. Let's start with Treachery Faith and the Great River, though, uh, which has a cool title. I really like the title of that episode. It's It sort of sounds a bit old school um, when the original series had these really long... Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And it is about treachery and faith and the great material continuum. Yeah. Yeah, does exactly what it says on the tin. It does, it does. It's weird that you get a title that represents the A plot and the B plot, <laughs> <Yeah>. though. <laughs> that's true, that's true. I didn't think of it that way. But but fair play to them. So it starts off with, and this seems to be something we keep coming back to, is Kira and Odo, and, but this time it's Kira getting a massage, which, to be fair, if your boyfriend was a changeling, you would be like, right, Let's just say, if, if this was a more adult show, then then that that yes is, is Odo would be stretching further, like we all know. I'm yes, sure. I'm sure. I'm I'm sure they have a very healthy sex life. I, I'm sure more than healthy. If you can change in everything, anything, come on now, you can enjoy that that particular superpower. Is all I'm saying. And we know that you know the the laws of mass and things don't apply to Odo and that it can turn into <laughs> any shape or size. So yeah. oh yeah. Like and and plus you'd lose like a foot in height if you needed to. <laughs> um but yeah regardless of, of 
all the sexy talk which i took us down there uh i will say though this i was so glad to see a scene i was like i'm sure i remember them being able to act as a couple together and this one was yeah. perfect because they don't do any of the cheesy lines like we were well, yeah it's fun they did it last episode didn't they though uh, this they did pretty cheesy, cheesy lining but then they showed them as a great couple and it's like yeah it, it's just starting to feel like they've almost yeah we don't need to throw it throw it in your face anymore we're just going to make them a couple and we're going yeah. to do what we do really well of showing relationships in star trek and ds9 is absolutely brilliant at showing relationships when it when it's on point yeah i think when 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 Deep Space Nine becomes comfortable with a couple. Like, and it can be a couple of mates, they can be a couple yeah. romantically. Once they get used to the characters, they get and much the, and the dynamic. And, and the and dynamic, you're dynamic right. Yeah, because it's a new dynamic. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. I think just to begin with, they were like, well, it's a couple thing. We better throw in some cheesy one liners, which just didn't suit them. And it's like, yeah, just this was so much better. Because even in the last episode, when oh. they were being more natural, because they'd done the cheesy lines at the beginning, it took me out of it. Yeah. It was nice. Mm-hmm. It's almost like um, when they first get a new couple, they haven't given the writers like the Bible of how these people act together. And it's not like, yeah, we need the audience to know that these are a couple. We're still building up that these are a couple to the audience. We're still putting... Yeah. Like, first time watching as well, remember a lot of these things, we only just got to be a couple at the end of of season six. Mm-hmm. Had a, we've had a six month off between season six and seven yep. and we're on episodic TV people weren't watching it the way that we watch TV now no so, that's it that's why you've uh, got to remind everybody every episode that they're yeah. a couple rather than just accept that we'll take yeah. it for granted uh, yeah. and, you're also, yeah. and you're also looking at uh, the also used to with a lot of the episodic TV like DS9 was different because it had these story acts, but you still have the standalone stories. And the studio still wanted people could jump into an episode, mm-hmm. could jump in and out. And that, and so you had to have these things that were pushed in your face until it had been done enough that, right, these have been a couple now for a year. People jumping in could just see them as a couple. People who jump in and out, in and out, in and out, should have jumped in and out enough times now to know they're a couple. I mean, Let's I, just play them and here's your Bible and this is how these are as a couple. But I would just done what they did in, in Cheers, for instance. Like, you know, when uh, Dan left, they introduced Becky in one episode. After that, she was just there. Like, the dynamic was there and they just followed it. Anyone who jumped in is like, oh, she's in there now. That's the thing. It's like, it, they. I think they didn't need to do as much as they felt. Yeah, I think um, with sitcoms, they do do that a lot and they do it with soap operas as well and it's as if you've known them for a long time but with dramas that especially episodic dramas they did tend to do this uh, way I, I mean of course that time, though, dynamics of that time though because it changed over this because like in the original series just yeah. um uh Chekhov was there one day and it was just there yeah they yeah. didn't feel like go hey new crew member Chekhov like hey is it Chekhov I believe you joined the crew recently you yeah know, they didn't feel the need to do that then I know just Credit your audience a little bit. I, I, I think, think yeah. in that era. So. I think it's TV. How different TVs have changed through the years, and of course, how it's looked at how you do things. Yeah, but the, like, the point I, is one of my one of my funny ones, and this is way off track. Is and I'm not a soap opera fan, but when I was at college, 
I got into um, oh Santa Barbara because it happened to be on on my uh, it happened to be on on my um, three days on my three mornings where I was stuck at home. <laughs> it was and that was and we didn't have all your channels. You remember we only had four channels to watch, mm -hmm. and this was on. And there was a point where there's this story. <laughs> And one of the main characters changed four times in four episodes of the actor. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, carry on, and there's nothing said about it. <laughs> they obviously couldn't get rid of, didn't want to get rid of the character, but they were sacking actors. <laughs> Bit like Zial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very the most recast character. But she wasn't, she wasn't as in your face like, no. you've got the main character, and like, next episode, it's someone else playing him. There's someone else. The next episode, there's someone else the next episode. And you weren't meant to notice these things. <laughs> so Odo's storyline is that his informant has been in touch and that, that's setting us up for he feels it's, he owes it to him. It's worth the risk to find out. Um, we have seen Odo meet this informant before. We have. In the shadows. Yeah. And it's the same cave. Yeah. Um, but it turns out, of course, that it's not the informant he was going to meet, who we find out has died off screen, but it is, in fact, Wayoon. Six. That's what I was going to say. As we discover later in the episode, it's not the Wayoon we've seen before, and it's not the latest Wayoon, it's the one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because didn't we see Wayne die before now? So we knew that they were Yeah, fighting. the first time yeah. we saw Wayne, he got he killed. killed. Wayne's already. Yeah, he, and then they, yeah. Yeah. And then they brought him back, and we've been dealing with a main Wayne throughout this since he came back into the story. But we discover now that that was Wayne 5, um, who died under suspicious circumstances. Who could, um, who could believe there was a transporter accident? It does <laughs> seem very unusual. And Mark got called away at the last second to not transport yeah. I, I also, can we just give a shout out to the Wayuns talking about the other Wayuns? Like, oh, a noble predecessor. Like, you're talking, basically, you're bigging up yourself, but it's yeah. another person yeah. who can do it. It's just brilliant. I do, something very endearing about that. I do <laughs> like, like sort of. This disgraced Wayoon, that other noble Wayoon, that uh, credit to our uh, clone race. I do like the way it's um, played with Damar. Because at this point, the last time we saw him, he was starting to get a bit hooked on the booze and not really caring. But he's nowhere near the Damar that we're going to get to who wants to liberate Cardassia. I think he just had Wayoon killed because he was getting on his nerves at this yeah. point. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. think this is a political strike no, in any I, way. I don't think it is because he's like, yeah, Wayoon seven C, and he's still working with him. I think, I think you're right. He was just, yeah, yeah. This guy's pissing me off. <laughs> yeah, can can we get him killed? Come on, can somebody just do yeah, something with I, the transporter? Yeah. I swear, I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna have a week off from him. While his new clone is yeah. uh, brought online, <laughs> there's even a minute I swear where you get a little like just just the, the smallest of grins from Demar, like when you know, just it's so like um, lightly played that you could play it off it wasn't, but I think there's just a slight grin he mentioned to do to the camera. And the thing is, I imagine 
to a degree, Demar's in a position where he can get away with this because the founders don't really care that they have to make another clone of Wayoon. They've probably got loads ready. I don't think the founders, unless it was a major political issue, Wayoon had been killed, will probably even be aware. Yeah, so... It'll be a minor footnote of what they're bothered about as far as they're concerned. There's Wayoon and they clone them. So they don't have to be bothered when one of them get killed. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if every so often, like with this might be why we're up to Wayoon 5. Demar might have killed a few of them by this point because he's yeah. just getting sick of them. I and... there's a way which like there's just one uh, founder who's basically sacrificed every report they read. So it just goes into like they just link up every now and again. <laughs> like yeah. Probably. Bastard, yeah. They have an admin founder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he just comes and tells everyone else. Yeah, right, I like that. Me skinny, right? I'll be back to my fucking monster bitches. Like, just why? Why do I get monster duty for like mm. infinity? And Wayun tells us he's defected. And there's a great line where Odo says, "You're paranoid." He says, "Well, of course I'm paranoid. Everyone's yeah, trying to kill me." Yeah. That is a brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really good. Perfect line from from the guy who just like drinks poison just to see if it's poisonous. <laughs> yeah. And um, meanwhile, then, the, the B plot is, it's kind of a rehash of when Jake and Nog used to get on these shenanigans or the it's episode where like they're the trying cards. to get, yeah, they're trying to get the card for Cisco. It's I, very much well, like that. And I love this twist on it, but the one thing I will say, the only thing which I get it, like, for the experience of the plot, I don't, like, you know, usually I go, well, one line with a solve this. I think for the plot, you sort of had to stick to the way they did it. But it's the fact that when he goes like, oh, what do I know the first name of the guy for? I think O'Brien is the guy who would know all that. He was, is the guy who would understand no. the art of Fennet. Like, I'm just saying, clear me out. I think to get as far as he has, it's like Scott, you know, you have to know other engineers where you have to trade goods, when you have to do stuff, when you have to get stuff done in no yeah. time. I think those connections are, are vital. Yeah, and, maybe. And I think he would have known. Like, no, I'm, I'm not saying that, that Jake, like, like Nog, um, exchanging the desk and all that is something that he would do. But it's like, I think he would go, well, what do I care what his first name is? I think he would have known that sort of thing. Yeah, maybe. You'd think. Yeah, but I, um, I'm ready to let that go for this excellent plot. I'll go about this is that, like, it is a rehash of in the cards, but we don't play on them actually going and getting, not going and getting all the stuff in this one. We see it from the other side where he's got O'Brien's passcode yeah. to be able to authorise stuff. And, and that's why I did it in the thumbnail. You just have O'Brien's... Uh, like, mm. he doesn't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> I'd even add, it's also the reason why it sets itself apart from the previous episodes of this type, because there's in the cards and there's another one where they're doing trading for land. It's a really early one, yeah. But I'd say the reason why this sets itself apart is because it is also with adult Nog. He is so much more interesting in this period of his life. But it's sort of like, I find it really fun when he's being this version of Nog and he does something Ferengi. It's all like more layered somehow. It's yeah, definitely. Him just being uh, another Ferengi trader. And like, I think this sort of uh, shows why Cisco was right to bring him into Federation. It brings something new. It, yeah. It, 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 it brings something the Federation doesn't have. Nobody's able to go out and go, here's a problem. And how would you normally solve it? You'd either fight about it or you'd diplomacy. 
can we have it or pay for it? And he goes, no, that's not going to work right. How can I work around this? Yeah, especially during wartime, a Ferengi's probably really useful. Like, As a quartermaster. Yeah, Nogger have probably been the one who could have got you like the tobacco and the rations and yeah, stuff like no, that. Nogger would be... For staff, I'd be the guy in the tash from Dad's army. Yeah. Like, any, yeah. any military, it'd be great to have a Ferengi as the quartermaster because yeah. you get all your stuff you want. It, it's like... Um, Oh, what's his name in Catch-22? Who goes out and gets everything? Never seen it. Already. No, I forget the oh, name. It's a brilliant book. I, can never, I can't remember his name, but he's made the quartermaster and suddenly he, dis, he dis, develops that he can uh, get stuff from all sorts. And he's, um, he's got the Germans working for him and he's, he's an American Air Force pilot in the Second World War. And he's got the American... The Germans delivering stuff. <laughs> now, I've just for the first time ever listened to the audio book of To Kill a Mockingbird. So if you've got a metaphor about that, I, I, I'd be there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, the one thing I will also add is like, it's like, I bet those still Cisco's going, it's like, yeah, yeah, that Nog, he's one of the good ones. Because he's still Ferengi racist. He's still Ferengi racist. Yeah, they are a bit. Uh, <laughs> no, Cisco you... especially, let's face it. Yeah. Back to where you then. So I like how... Immediately, Odo says, "Well, you're going to have to prove that you're reliable." And straight away, where he starts going, "Right, well, I'll tell you this, and I'll tell you this, and I'll tell you this." <laughs> and so, when the Dominion defect, they they really defect, which oh yeah, it's, oh. it's quite refreshing, really, to do a, a defector story like this, where it isn't like, "Oh, you'll have to make it worth my while." It's just like, "Yeah, right, I'll tell know. you." What's yeah, <laughs> and the, the wonderful thing was, it still stuck within his. Belief system so that even though he thinks differently to the other clones mm. he still thinks what he's doing is in imbe- in betterment of the uh f- founders and of the uh dominion yeah he just disagrees with what that that is it's like I mean, it's, it's really interesting and also the fact that he um it just adds this kind of like it, he, he doesn't completely sell out like the fact that he, he is still like uh invested in the dominion but he's just changed mm. what he minds it kind of adds more texture somehow to weigh in this episode yeah he has this really interesting idea of well Odo, you're a founder you can reshape the dominion into something yeah. it's not like better. Realize, yeah because Odo goes you realize what you say the federation can completely destroy Defeat the Dominion. He goes, yes. Yeah. But you're you're a founder. You can reshape it. You are. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think also it's like it's a uh, really interesting as well that it also speaks to like if you are cloning and you're uh, manipulating someone's mind and the way they act. Do you just tweak the wrong thing? You know, you just add this extra bit of confidence here. Mm. You add this extra bit of like. Uh, questioning here because like which would be really helpful yeah. in negotiations if they question things but then they question something you don't want like it's really uh, it opens it up that debate about like which is very still current to this day about genetically engineering in fact where we have abilities to do more and more in that field so uh, i love the fact that it's yeah. more relevant today than it was back in the 90s there's some really interesting like volta stuff in this one um, the bit where Demar is perfectly okay with blowing up the runabout, that's absolutely fine from his perspective. But then you get Wayun 7 sort of trying to justify it. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, at first, Demar says, Well, you know, nobody has to know he's on it. And at first, Wayun's kind of like, 
okay, maybe we can get away with that. But then he tries to justify it in his own head by saying, well, Odo said that he, he didn't think of himself as a founder. As a founder. So technically I'm not yep. killing one of the founders. And it it's really good acting that you can see him, this sort of so, torturous it, thing going yeah, on in his brain to justify it. I'll also add to that the fact that um, the reason why they need to get rid of this Wayne Six is because he's defecting and everything else, but it's because he's questioning things. And I wonder mm. if, like, maybe they didn't dial that back completely for Wayne Seven. Maybe they left that a bit yeah, more. Yeah, maybe there's a thought. little hint of it in Wayne Seven. Yeah, yeah I've not thought of it that way. Thought. That's yeah, pretty I am cool. When you were saying that. Um, and then the oh we'll go back to nog for a little bit then so this is where he takes cisco's desk which is a great <laughs> visual like i love that well it's, it's, it's an explanation for it as well it's like it's just basically an autograph hunter yeah i really like yeah. that it's like well the war means that he can't go to the desk so i've sent this desk out to him <laughs> also don't you love the fact that it's like i i do love when they they find a justification where it doesn't seem forced to bring up like things we know about so it's like uh because he's down behind the just go captain picard admiral yeah. Shelby, you know just chucks and yeah. and it's yeah he, he usually just sneaks in when nobody's looking and sits <laughs> yeah. in it and, you... <laughs> and you can imagine someone like i'm not being funny but we are geeks and we have had photos where we probably should oh yeah times <laughs> so yeah, oh, we can appreciate oh it. yeah i i suddenly had this image of like him and, just like and, the coming in his desk the guy's just sitting there goes what are you doing there and I, I just I was just checking your chair. I was like, anyway, I'll be off. Like, you know, yeah. really awkward moment. But, but we can see this has been geeks. That yeah. Way. Yeah. This is, and it's playing to the audience because it's a Star Trek show. They're playing to Trekkies. Yeah. Like it reminds me. We do things like, <laughs> like this. We want reminds me of um, <laughs> something I read in a, um, a wrestler's autobiography, whom I won't name because there's accusations flying around about them at the minute. But anyway. Did he used to wear flares? I will not. You know, yeah. It's not Ric Flair. Um, <laughs> somebody else. Anyway. <laughs> so what him and his mate used to do when they used to go um, – to watch wrestling when they were kids is one of them would stand in the corridor outside the locker room, just posing and smiling. Then when the wrestlers walked out, the other one would be at the other side and they'd go, Steve, and just shout the wrestler's name. And then he'd look at the camera and his mates already behind him posing and they'd set the picture. Yeah. So it's make it look like you're getting these autograph, <laughs> uh, you're getting these posed pictures. Which, yeah, pretty clever. Pretty, I mean, they'd probably lamp you if you did that at a sci-fi convention, so don't, don't I, try I, it. I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't try it on with wrestlers. Probably uh, sci-fi actors, I feel a little safer doing it with than, than wrestlers. But Depends I, I, which one it is, but yeah. I'm just picturing Picard there going, it's like, uh, Councillor Troy, could you could you come into my, uh, my ready room for a moment? I think he was taking a photo at my desk. Why would he do that? It was so weird. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Just comes back. This isn't where I left it. You said he was um, just looking at my goldfish, but why? I'm just it's weird. And and as this guy to make it cooler, has he presumably he's going to put a backdrop up when he texts it to make it look like he's on the station rather than in his so house or what? Like yeah, who knows? <laughs> like the um, green screen background where it was like. Like with John Hurt, and it's like uh, the TARDIS from uh, the day of the Doctor. It's like it's totally he's done that. He's just dropped a crease. Yeah. 
And then this, and he explains the great material continuum and everything. There's a little throwaway line, which I thought was quite interesting, where he says something like, oh, ever since I had my first set of ears. And mm. this implies that Ferengi ears are a bit like our teeth, like you born yeah. the baby ears and you shed them at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's quite an interesting one. My pers- Me yeah. too. So, and, uh, like, you know how... They go on about some of the Ferengi haven't got the ears, so they don't haven't got the big lobes. And I wonder if it's because they've still got the baby ears. Yeah, like, maybe that's it. If you, if it's sort of like something like well, that, because you imagine if they've got the big ears when they come out, that would that would be sore. Yeah, if your adult ears don't grow in, I bet you're really ostracised in Ferengi yeah. society. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what well, you want me to do? Almost on those things. Like, what am I going to use? My little finger. And can you imagine, like, the money that must be made on, like, Ferengi plastic surgeons for ears on the black market? Like, I want you to make it look like I've got the lobes. And they go on. I'm sorry, Brent, but, like, uh, you've just gone too far. Like, you're you're struggling to keep your head up with those things. Like, those plastic surgeries gone too far. Yeah, you've taken it way too far now. But it's Um, I I love it when he is explaining the great um, uh, river continuum like materials material continuum great material the, the, continuum it does material call continuum. it the great river as well but i just love it because it's like it, again it's about uh not having outgrown the kind of just greed of ferengi but he still believes like that that's kind of a sweet belief in a, in a way when i give you that thing you give me this and we both benefit it's not i do it's like how he explain, i do how, like how he explains it he goes the, the universe or the galaxy has millions of planets and one will have too much of something. Yeah. And one won't have enough of it. And the great conti- material continuum will make this right. <laughs> and may I throw into that as well? This kind of like, I'm sure this wasn't the intent, but it sort of speaks to some religions because there's certain things in religion which then culturally is twisted to meet people's beliefs and stuff. Not picking on any religion, just generally that can happen. Like people just twist religions to suit their own ends. And it's sort of like you feel like this is quite an actual, a kind of like a um, co-op kind of like picture of things. Mm. I've got too much of this. You've got too much of this. Let's trade. Let's help each other yeah. out. And the Ferengi, like with greed, like brought in over time and, and their culture is built around greed, has just twisted that to be it's like, Oh, you've got yeah. too much of that. I'll fucking take it, and I'll give you something which I don't want, which is useless. But you won't know that until I fucked off. And it's, I mean, you know, they, they've just twisted that over the years. It's kind of it's kind of interesting to think that the Ferengi might have always been that. I mean, effectively, right. the the Great Material Continuum is is the reason that we invented money, like because the, it's most basic. It's absolutely correct. We do work on a barter system. But the problem is that I don't want a thing at the exact second that I want to offer a thing, whether that's work or whatever it is. So we invent this thing called money so that I can do my work. And then when I do want the thing, I can actually. So the great material continuum for me is almost a metaphor for the function of cash in society. You know, that that's the thing that takes the person who's got too much of one thing to the person who's got too little of another thing it's so it's no surprise that ferengi philosophy is is based around this 
I just love the idea that we could get like a, a Ferengi prequel show, which shows the birth of greed. You know, it's like it's yeah. from a kind of like religious society, which kind of trades to to better everyone else. And like, we've got this, you've got that. Let's, let's trade it like the great material continuum. And then it goes to like, uh, yeah, how can I twist that? <laughs> and, you know, you just see it you over could time. almost have like like the beginning of 2001, a space odyssey. But instead of inventing tools, they invent cash. And that's <laughs> when... <laughs> That's when Ferengi culture started to take a downturn. Um, right then. So back with Wayun then. They start getting attacked. Wayun helps Odo destroy the things. And this is where we find out the like that they are genetically programmed to worship them. And even this Wayun that is able to question things doesn't question that. He says, well... Of course, that's how you'd engineer it, because if you're a god, you want someone to worship them. And he doesn't question for a second that, wait a minute, does that, if they were gods, why would they need to force people to worship them? He doesn't question that. He's like, well, that's what gods do. Of course, they they engineer people to, it's just fascinating that he's still indoctrinated in that level, even if he's questioning other things. It does also explain how they were altered, though. So you can see that. Yeah. That he looks at that. Well, that is godlike. You took us from these small ape like creatures and, and made us into this. So you can see why. Now, I found that really interesting because Odo goes, oh, well, maybe that shows my people aren't all that bad. And it's like, does it? They took took a primitive species. Yes, they made them more evolved, but into a race of slaves. They were probably perfectly happy with what they were before. And maybe you sped up their evolution, but you didn't evolve them into a free species. So it's it's not like... I don't agree with you there, Odo. I don't think that does show the benevolence. I'm with you on this. It reminds me of like there was a post which someone made, uh, like it was a, a vegan post which just popped up in my time, and someone put a comment going like, "Well, if we didn't breed the cows for slaughter, then then cows wouldn't exist." Like, first of all, cows did exist before us, but secondly, it's like I don't think you're doing the cows the favor you think they are. Like, I'm not trying to convert anyone, by the way. Just, just it was kind of one of the worst arguments ever. It's like, well, there wouldn't be so yeah, many cows no. being slaughtered if you we didn't eat them. It's like, what? Well, that's kind of our argument as well. But anyway, okay, <laughs> you do you. <laughs> you know, just, just yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not convinced by Odo's argument. No, no, but... The the uh, the Vorta have got so much better brains now. Yeah, to be used as puppets. You know, it's like it's exactly. Not it's, it's, yeah, it's okay. it's all them good Star Trek ideas of freedom and you know. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised that argument wins Odo over. Like, oh yeah, no, they did a good thing there. Um, anyway, so the founder, and this is where this is a crucial turning point in the ongoing storyline. And this is why I put this picture on the thumbnail as well. Yeah, we we find <laughs> out we get a one-two punch of seeing the founder being affected, and then Wayun disclosing to Odo that. Yes. The founders have got this disease. Um, Odo don't think he's got it. Uh, no. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> um, we'll we'll come on to that, but eventually. But um, yeah, so this is a big, big turning point what? in the overall story. So it feels like the equivalent of because well, 
at this stage, we know that Oda at one stage has had sort of a disease which forced him to go back to him, which involved the skin flaking. So it sort of looks a bit like, you know, he's he's linked with them. He's gone off to the chemist to get something for his ailment and he's passed mm. it on to every, everyone else. Well, no, it was it was sick by that. No, uh, they did that to him. Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is though, when he linked in, and it like at this at this stage, the only thing which I I think I remember thinking at the time was the only thing I could think back to was that, and it's like, well, maybe it passed it on to them. Like even though they gave it to him, maybe unintentionally gave it to them, and then he was cured, but they weren't. I think. Well, as it turns out, he actually did give it to them at that point. But yeah, this time round, from what I can remember, I didn't know what was going on here. Yeah, it was the only thing thing I can link it to. In fact, if I think first time round, I didn't take a lot of notice of it. No, this episode felt quite throwaway at the time, Um, and it was one of the few that I didn't have the video of back in the day because I'd I'd read a brief synopsis of the episode and I didn't have enough money to buy every single one that came out and I knew once it got to the last episodes I was going to after so I was like no save your money this time it sounds like I can yeah I can possibly miss this quite an important episode it is yeah I remember watching it the first time watching this you don't really realise how important it is no. with, what, with what's happening no. to the founder. Oh, I certainly didn't think they'd all got it. I just thought it was like quite funny. Yeah. It looks like she's got well, it. And, and well, you see her and she makes reference to the temperature of Cardassia that it's too hot. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, yeah, it's a liquid. That makes sense that it don't, it's too hot. So, like, obviously, when you watch it all, then you go, yeah. And you watch it the second time watching, you realize, ah, but first time watching, it sort of like makes total sense that, oh, she says that it's because of heat, and you think, yeah, she's a liquid. Mm. Yes, it would be quite susceptible. It's affecting the liquid. But, um, Back to the desk briefly. They do get a replacement desk, but it's just yeah. this comical. And I also love that the, the Bashir is like Bashir does the classic thing of it's like as a mate, he takes the piss out of him, goes like, "Yeah, well, I'm sure they won't notice then." And then as soon as uh, Kira comes in, he goes, "Oh well, he's, he's going to paint it." And yeah. Like he's he's almost yeah, he's supporting him still, but it's also yeah. it also feels like a little bit taking the piss at the same time. No, it's like, yeah, no, he's going to paint it, you know. To me, this was proper mates. This is like, yes. yeah, as his mate just said to, he's totally taking the piss. You cannot get away with this. But yeah, as soon as there's someone else there. I am 100% behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. It'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's white. It's the wrong shape. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) Um, But anyway, by the end of the episode, the desk's back. Martok's blood wine, which is a very brief. um, But yeah, I love the fact that Senpai's wife just added a little extra texture. And it's like, uh, it it just. And it it comes hunting down, though, Brian, obviously, because. Noggy's doing all sorts with O'Brien's passcode. Like, I, I do like the part where Nog, for Nog to get it, he goes up to the chief because he knows that he's going to... 
O'Brien knows that he's trying to get him this stabilised that he needs. And he goes, look, I need to make a couple of deals. Can you offer... It'd be easier if you give me your authorization code. Don't worry about it. And then everyone keeps coming at him. Why have you done this? What's this yeah. about? And it's also there was a nice little moment where uh, O'Brien's talking about the Great Continuum River, and like he, he's, I kind of like this because I think they do in a few episodes <laughs> where and and ideas and shoes to O'Brien. He argues about it, but then he's like he almost takes it on. And it's yeah. like he's doing. The Great Continuum River, apparently it's going to sort this out. You know, it's like it's almost yeah. like he's been, he's been brainwashed into convenience, yeah. like that it, it exists. Well, maybe it's a bit of desperation at that like, point. Yeah. It's like, I've I just like got to, to put my faith in the river otherwise. I, I like to think of O'Brien as being... This might sound wrong and it's not meant to be wrong, but almost a simple man. He's an ordinary bloke. Yeah. He's not really intelligent on things, so... It, you can put bits of uh, media at him and he's susceptible, but he's a bloody genius at what he does. Oh, yeah. He's very, very good at what he does, but he's, an, he's a bit of a simple blog, and I don't mean simple as in... Well, if I might, Elliot, I, I think what you're getting at is the fact that, yeah, as you say, he's, he's incredibly intelligent as an engineer, but he's kind of like, I think his curiosity is what makes him... Whereas ignorant to certain things, as in literally ignorant, not like not woefully ignorant, he always wants to learn, and it's like he's always yeah. curious. Like hearing about the Great Continuum, it kind of fits his character that is like he's curious about it, and he he learns it, and yeah. like because yeah. he he absorbs facts. Like you know, when he's talking to Picard, you always feel like he's always curious, and he's always kind of gathering up these nuggets of information and these nuggets of of um, yeah more kind of like. Uh, lofty pursuit like you know academic pursuit because that's never been him but he's he's got an open mm. mind he's curious it, about he's, things he's not, he's not necessarily academic but he's brilliant no. at what he does yeah and and again his curiosity was what makes it elevates him beyond like oh i know this one thing i don't care about anything else. he he wants yeah. to yeah yeah so the main plot then wraps up with Wayun six activates his his suicide capsule effectively to to stop the the bombardment and and you get this thing with Odo where he asks for Odo's blessing and Odo is kind of reluctant at first but then you can see him just sort of thinking ah sod it you know it'll make him happy kind of thing and he accepts it I just think it's nice of Odo at last minute it is that it gives him his blessing yeah, it, uh, I mean, it definitely I, is. I but think it's, it's all I about think it's a him. a big it, thing that Odo felt comfortable enough to do it. Well, I, I don't think he de- even feels comfortable. I think he is so about the truth and, like, he always wants to say things as they are that when there's a moment like this when the right thing clearly to do is to comfort this guy and if he, if it, him giving him this blessing in that moment does that, that's clearly the right thing to do. But it's not Odo's first instinct. But he has learned so much from being yeah. humans that, and you know, other species and pejorative <clears throat> that he's learned that that's a necessary thing, and he he learned the importance of it. But it's it, it still doesn't come first into his first instinct is still towards the truth. It's it's beautiful, really nicely yeah. done. That's what I mean by him being comfortable with it. The fact that he can do it, even though he knows it's it doesn't feel genuine to him he can recognize that it's what the other person needs kind of thing um so i i enjoy that moment and then like the the ending is like the conversation with him and kira and odo's sort of finishing line where he says you know whatever happens now i know i'm gonna lose 
And I thought that was yeah. quite poignant. And it it shows the way... It, you would have thought this would have dawned on Odo before. What was he thinking before? Like, oh, well, if the Federation lose, at least I know my people haven't died. And if the Federation win, then at least I know Bejal. So, you know, it, I wonder I think, how he was sort of thinking about it before he reached this conclusion. I, I, I think he's always thought in his heart of hearts that somehow he could um like because he still loves his 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 people from whence he came mm. as well as his adopted family and i think he thought somewhere in his head against all odds that he could just convince the great link of what he's seen like they've been embittered by their experience with the solids i haven't had that experience i can teach them i think he just still believes somewhere well, and this was a moment where he finally went no no i can't i, I i'm like, not gonna be able to square yeah. the circle like the founders are embittered by something that happened thousands of years ago yeah and, and they've just continued to subject subjugate solids ever since oh and, they hold a grudge but the founders it, they're not interested in anything the solids are actually doing their whole thing is that they're subjugated yeah yeah they can, can, They've put the Jemadar to keep them under control, the Porter to control diplomacy between different ones. But the founders don't give a shit. All they Very want is to, is to be left alone. Yeah, I'm and, just telling you. They found the way to be left alone is to subjugate the entire. Yeah, if you control everyone, they'll leave you alone. <laughs> yeah. But I think he's the only person who's been on the inside of both. Like he's been in the Great Link. Yeah. He's seen the beauty and the awe of what that can be. And so he gets why that's so important. He gets why they want to protect it. He gets why they're mistrustful because he's seen it from their own mind. Yes. Like, and yeah. his own mind in a weird way because once you're in the link, you're part of it. And then he's seen, yeah, the Federation being great and the Bayshore being great and these people being so caring and loving. Man, like, it's like that is such a powerful motivation to beyond the facts that you've seen, thinking you can bring them together. And just this is the moment where he breaks, he just like that's, that. Yeah. That's, almost, breaks. that's almost like that could be a bit of a spoiler for the last episode. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I'm just saying um, that's what happens here. <laughs> we'll move on to once more unto the breach then. And yeah. we start with. Bashir and O'Brien talking about the Alamo, which is going to be a recurring motif until the very end of the show but, now. Now, I love what Worf says to them here. Yes, I do. Because they, they're arguing about if he would or wouldn't, if he was a hero, and, and Worf just goes, it doesn't matter. If you believe he was a hero, he was. If you don't believe in the legend of David Crockett, what are you even doing here? Basically? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 exactly. And oh, maybe that'll come into play later in the episode. Who knows? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, and then we get Carl back. And there's a bit though where um, there's a nice throw over here when Carl comes back to have a drink with Worf. That Wolf pulls out um, the 2709 or whatever. Oh, right, yeah. Right, and that's what Martok got back. Ah, uh, very Nord good. In the previous episode, it was the same, it was the same vintage. Very Martok good. has obviously been really happy about this and been very generous with 
Well, yeah, I mean, um, I, I would also throw out the one thing, and this is kind of like a bit of my peeve with this episode with the B plot is the Esri of it all because he's sitting down and she he, she's just basically reciting it's like oh yeah isn't that that thing and isn't like she she seems uncertain of her memories which i get plays into the thing of her her host name and he at the end goes oh it is dex but it isn't and it's like she doesn't really seem very dex to, like i i think yeah. it would have been cooler if she'd fallen into her memory guns like oh no man we did with that oh sorry of course that was cousin or of course that was jadzia mm would have because throughout this she doesn't feel very dax at all i've got to say no, and, and, i actually i i actually think this plays in well with uh when kira's talking to her because and she says that everyone who knew chad see or that they talk to me and then they ask something and i say yeah I remember that and then that twigs then that they go yeah I remember that yeah you are dax i can see it Oh, and it isn't that and it isn't that they can see it in her. It's just that she has that memory and her talking about memory and they're playing their own minds and she, but, but, and that's how what this and you're seeing what is really happening that she isn't Jadzia, but people okay. are getting that in their own heads who are talking to her. And she says that to Kira, this is what people are getting. Yeah. And I'm not Jadzia. And she's saying I'm not Jadzia. But, but can I also throw in then? Because, like, okay, that explains that way. But, Court, like, Court doesn't want to ask her to come with, with them. And she doesn't no. want to kind of, like, walk towards that. And that seems a bit, because, like, previously with Dax, there is, well, uh... with Dax, they pushed her away because they were trying to go on a suicide mission. That was a bit different. There is a moment though where she she talks about how she kind of wanted to she go talks with about that it, yeah. yeah. So Mister, yeah. You know, that that's a bit of a silly subplot though. It does have a sweet payoff where Quack thinks, oh, she's talking about getting back together with Worf. Again, spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, have to wait and see how that pans out. <laughs> um, but something else about Dax right at the start when Cor first meets Worf. Um, he, he asks about what happened, and Worf says, ah, she died a warrior. Like, uh, Worf, did you not have to go on a massive big mission? But then she died a warrior. He, he, has didn't been, die he, has been, he has been on a massive mission, so she did die as a warrior. Well, yeah, she no, didn't no, die no. as a warrier. He no, should no, no, she no, died. No, like, no, what, Worf did this, so she died as a warrior, and... So now Worf can tell any other Klingon, yes, she died as a warrior. She oh, okay. and, and if you remember, Willow then howled at the moon yeah, to make no, sure I know she got went in. So they, they're all in Stovacore. They're all fine. Yeah. I know she went Worf, Worf is right to say she died That's as a warrior so. because he yeah. went, we had an entire episode where Worf made sure that she died as a warrior. Two episodes. What's that, what's that, what's that Willow? She says, Kapla. So the matter's ended. I'm sorry. And then we find out Kor doesn't have a command and Martok doesn't like Kor. And at this point, I realised this was an incredibly long teaser. Yes. Like the, there was loads oh, went on before we got to the credits in this episode. Thrown into, like you could have had Kor straight away, like Worf puts him on the ship. Uh, then when he goes onto the ship, like then you get... Um, Sorry, Martok reacting like, and then he explains to Wolf why on the ship you could have gone straight into the action a lot quicker. 
I think doing this all up front without the mission happening, you slow everything I mean, down. The, so this much. is all pre-credits, and it's a good. Yeah. I know it doesn't sound a lot, but it's a good five minutes of the and episode. It's minutes before the ship goes. Like it's, yeah. it's, I'm, it's I'm, I'm sure Discovery will go hold my pint. You want to see? Oh no! In mod- <laughs> no modern TV, absolutely. I mean, I've just rewatched Stranger Things and some I'm of them season to... four episodes. It's nearly twenty minutes before you <laughs> I get. I was you know. saying Discovery did twenty-five minutes, didn't it? Probably, yeah. The uh, oh, yeah, modern have, TV. It's very uh, different. We have a fellow YouTube podcaster. Oh, Trek time! Hey, Hello, Trek time! Yeah, guys, see you again. Um, yeah, and, I just, I, I think there's just so much of this which happens before the mission launches, which you could have rolled into the mission and made it so much more to know. We want to get into core being out there and maybe having maybe have him have a few more moments of glory before he like starts shows confusion do it a bit more subtle. whereas this way you've got to as soon as he's on there you've got to start putting in pretty quickly i think it just yeah there's a lot of back and forth and legwork going on she gets martox planning this cavalry raid and then Worf wants to talk to Martok, but he's not having any of it. But then eventually he tells him the story of why he doesn't like Carr. And Worf says, well, I've made him an officer anyway. And like you said, we could yeah. have jumped a lot of this. It could have started yeah. on the ship. Martok goes, what the hell is he doing here? And Worf says, oh, well, I've made him a warrior because of this. Hang on. Uh, and then you get the well. How was I to know our family don't have a blood feud with him? And yeah, we could have, we could have been well on the way before and dealt with this before really, we got I, off the station. I, really, I think that's the sin which this episode does, which excludes it from my usual like, like Ellie was saying, like you the the oh, gotta check out this episode because when it gets into it, it's, it's magic. Like really, the pathos which you get from this episode is akin to Blood Oath. Yeah, really and... taking too much time there. And to be honest with you. I think my beef, now I've talked it through with you guys, I think you've kind of like uh, made it clear in my mind. It's not really with the fact that um, all these points with Dex, I think it's just because it's not Jet's here and it would have been so much a better episode if it was when she was on the ship, to be frank. I, I think I think it's going back to that problem with this whole season, is that it's not Ezra's bad, she's just not Jet's here. I mean, yeah. with Jet's here in there, I think we, we maybe would have got a really cool sort mm. of dynamic because I could have imagined... Worf sort of kowtowing to Martok and saying, no, we can't have Kor on the ship because of the dishonour that he did to Martok. And Dax going, come on, Worf, this is the Dahar master. You need to grow a spine and stand up to Martok on this one. I was going to go the other way. I I thought when you said that, I thought you were going to say that... um... No worries. Glad you like the vid. Uh, Cheers again for the vid and award show, Trek Time. Yep, Trek Time. Our pleasure, absolutely. That was the, the video that talked about that. I mean, go check it out on Trek go Time socials. They are great fun to watch. But yeah, yeah, um, what what we did, we presented an award for the best direct, best Trek director of the last year. And if you want to know who won it, it go check me. out Trek Time on all me, the socials. I did, I did put my pitch forward, but it wasn't me. Yeah. Well, we're well, not going to tell you who won it. You need to go check out Trek Time wherever you get your good podcasts and you'll find the answer. 
like like we always say, if you just listen to one amazing Star Trek uh, uh, YouTube show, then you'll be missing out on treat with the boys from Trek time. Listen to them as well; they're great. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to this episode. Yeah, I, I was I thought you were going to go the opposite way because when you were saying that, I was thinking, oh yeah, you're right because it would have been cool if Worf was trying to like. Uh, you know, make sure the core, the Dahar master is respected and that he goes forward. Whereas Jatsi is going, it's like, he's a liberty out there. He is a danger. You need to remove him. From oh, the yeah, we could and have had that as well. Yeah. Him. And then when he comes back on the bridge, like maybe even Wolf's going, it's like, oh, I don't think you're ready. And Jatsi is going, it's like, no, well, this is the one you've been waiting for, actually. And he, she talks him around. I think Jatsi would have been more supportive of Carl because of the whole blood oath and everything. But. Yeah. Who knows? Um, the battle then, when they attack this planet, where did the budget come from for this in just a <laughs> random episode? Um, Barely like, a quarter of the well, way into the season. Well, We're seeing a planetary yeah, assault. We never see that in Star Trek. Well, this is incredible. Uh, there was huge budget on season seven. Well, I know you, there was. You, you've, but... had, you've had before this, which we haven't covered, you've had... Uh, the Esri Dax episode where she's sat in a room with a rifle. We've had uh, the episode where they play baseball, so they're just on a baseball court. Fair enough, yeah. Field. <laughs> There's baseball field. At, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Field or I'm done? Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm English and I grew up playing rounders. Sorry. And I know, and I know they're not the same sport, honestly, but we played with a wooden bat. Uh, balls, four corners, we run around. Let me just throw it. I grew up watching Cheers. That's the only reason why I know the, the, the lingo so well. I just saw Ted that audience that. It's the Ted yeah. Dancer role. I grew up watching Cheers and uh, Sam was was a baseball player, so I, I can't help it. Um, yeah, yeah no, I, like... Oh, sorry, I was no, just going to say, the only thing is, it's like, the effects are really wonderful for the time, but I, it, it's one of those ones where it just feels like I'm watching a, a video game. <laughs> like it just, it's just, it's just something, the uncanny valley, we've got better. At yeah, a little bit, but yeah, little for bit. ambition, you can't fault this. Like, I will fault it for something else. And um, what I will fault it for is that they spend all the effects money in the middle of the episode. And then we don't get to see Carl go out in a blaze of glory. Um, we just I, get I think, it reported. I think, I think that works really well. Yeah, there is, yes, the, I, the, there I is think, a power I to think, not I seeing think, it. I but... think dramatically it actually works really well that we don't see the battle. I would love to see the core battle. So one of those CGI guys who loves doing CGI things... <laughs> Can we see Carl's final yeah, battle? I, Carl's final stand should definitely but, be a, a fan film. Like I do love like how they've done all the attack and it's Carl who fucks it all up because yes. the whole thing with Martok is we're doing aim, hit, run, next target. We're not going back to finish off. We're doing damages we pass, and that's it. <laughs> and that, and Carl fucks it up because he goes, Martok gets injured, Worf isn't on the bridge for reasons during the main attack. He's gone for some guck. Look, he was petty. No, but, 
You know what I mean. It's... No, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying, of course, he wouldn't be off going for guck in the middle of a battle. Yeah, <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I would like to speak a bit of the kind of like journey of, of core throughout this. First of all, wonderful actor. He actually, in, um, sorry, I'm going to forget his actual name. Is anyone John Colicos. John Colicos. He was um, uh, Mr. Freeze in the animated series of Batman. And yeah. they actually introduced in that the whole storyline of his wife having yeah. uh, this rare illness that was never featured before. It, he, he delivers a line. It was like, um, if my heart still beat, it would break. Like I said, I'm probably misquoting, but it's just beautiful. Um, and it, it's all on the table here in his acting. It's just uh, like the moment where he's just getting so bloodless in the battle and then he gets confused and yeah. I, I also kind of really love the scene where they're in the canteen um, uh, or the mess or whatever. And uh, you've got the kind of like, they're sort of taunting him and you could almost hear them going, ooh, because it's like, uh, ooh, ooh, who was it who said this? Ooh, I think it might have been our first officer. Ooh. Yeah, I think they're a bit overly harsh there. Oh, God, yeah. And, and I think some of the younger actors in there are a bit more cheesy. Uh, just quickly, trick time. Got to run to our stream. Let me know if you guys are coming to Blackpool uh, Destination South Trek. We are planning to be there. Uh, we, yeah, have we, we are planning to be there. We, we, we will be there one way we'll or the other. One way or the other. Yeah. Hopefully it's an attraction and we have a show planned if we are. Well, I don't know about you, Elliot, but always the attraction right here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. Carry on. I was going to make a dig about the relative attractiveness of people from Blackpool, but I shall restrain. Um, yeah. So you've got that wonderful thing, but like, I sort of like the fact that Klingons, when you get down to it, that you'd think there would be a massive punch up, like would solve this, but like, first of all, it's taunting. And then, I mean, God, uh, like, um, I want to call him Garon every time. Martok. He really goes for the jugular. You know? Like everyone else is just talking yeah. lightly, sort of like taking the piss, and you feel like they would have a fight and then solve it, and then everyone would be fine. That's how they do it. But he's going for blood, and it's it's then when he's leaving, as opposed to like you know, again, you you sort of expect Core to like slap him around the face or something, but instead he he, he delivers this wonderful line about like. Uh, yeah, uh, enjoy the the wine of youth. It find you'll find it. Yeah, it's a taste if it ages too badly. Yeah, it's just it's it's lovely. Yeah, and, and, yeah like, Core, like, everything Core, they put in Klingon before. Core is a victim of his own success. Yeah, yeah, he's an absolutely amazing Klingon warrior. That's why he's a diehard master, and he's lived too long because he's defeated all his enemies. Well, I go even further than that. It also speaks to like people with dementia. I've like had family yeah. members uh, uh, be yeah. with dementia, and it's like it's that thing of like um, you've lived, you've survived, you've kept going, and your fucking mind lets you down. Like that's the, fact, like you know you, I, you, you're still capable if your mind would just keep yeah to something. You know, I'm um, disappointed with Martok here. To be honest, he's better than this. The, oh, the, the, the this blinded. is a very dishonorable way to treat someone and i think martok this is not one of martok's finer moments Um, and i know it's it's set up so that at the end of the episode he can you know realize that core really you know deserves all his honor and everything but it's just a it's too petty for a man like martok is this i'll throw you out 
this that like uh, through that happening in his youth it, it shaped something in him which i don't think martok's very proud of i don't mm. think martok wants to be petty jealous bitch basically you know he, he is an honorable warrior who has this kind of blind spot which he's never been able to get past and i yeah. think when core does that at the end not only does core uh, reset his own legacy he, he kind of cements his own legacy for all time he also he gives something back to to uh, martok because martok is the person he's always really been at heart he's got part of this, this block of hating this guy and he's realized it's a fucking reason why he is who he is everything he said about like the unfairness of the system is true but it doesn't mean that he isn't a great man and he doesn't deserve his respect yeah it gives, yeah it gives something back to both men and that's why i think it's such a powerful episode when it fucking gets going yeah, and it's a good ending. It's it, it's one of those where you can see the dramatic beats coming a mile away. It's, yeah. Oh, we've got this suicide mission. Worf's going to do it. No, he's not. No. Don't even waste screen time <laughs> pretending he's going to. We know exactly what's going to happen here. But the way it's executed is actually really nice because it's well done because you have Carl saying, oh, um, when you see Judzia and you think, oh, is that his kind of dementia thing again? And he's misremembered. And yeah. then it's like, no, he said it on purpose because then he says, I'm going to see her in Stovacar or whatever. So, and, and oh, no, no, no. I was going to say it's another line of poetry in there. Like I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's a very yeah, clever like, moment. Yeah, it's like it's a, and I will tell her him her that she still has the greatest husband in the universe who still longs for and like loves no other. Yeah, husband, yeah. Other than her. It's just so beautiful. And again, this is what it should have been from the start. And we finish with that, going back to this idea of a legend, like, you know, yeah, Martok says something like, you know, how did he manage to hold off all of this? Wolf says, does it matter? And it goes back to that idea of, yeah, he's he cause become this legend like David Cor, Crockett now. Cor is the Daha master. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's the awe in there, it's in the, again, it's the awe in the eyes of uh, Martok, which I just, oh, I, sorry, didn't mean to be insensitive, Martok. Oh. Please, do, not, do, not, do not stop blood view. I misspoke. I'm sorry. Don't kill me where I sleep. Anyway, no, he'd wake me up first because he's honorable. Anyway, that's my point. It's like the look in his eye where he says, like, yeah, it's like, but how did he defeat all those? I think he loves having that sense of wonder. He loves not knowing. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. it. The, the, the Klingons love the idea of an impossible <laughs> They don't know the solution. Even yeah. though the one who says it doesn't matter, I think he already knows that. It, but that's where, like, there'll be an entire Klingon opera. To oh, easily. There'll be several. <laughs> no, there will be several, but there'll be like how Carl was the old aging, infirm, clean yeah. warrior past his prime. Uh, the young warrior was going to give sacrifice himself. Yeah. He had more to give. So the. I hope it's Kalis entered him in that moment, not like that. Yeah. I hope it's the same guy who wrote the other one. Like they'll turn up and go, oh, Can you write us an opera about Carl's last standing? And he'll go like, Oh, oh it's not really? got another Cardassian in the cupboard, that's it, this one. Wrong language. That was a Drew and Gene not Klingon. That's that's exactly what I was thinking when he said that, Jim. I was thinking it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like I've just finished writing, it's like and Garrick was really brave, really, in the end. And it's like, 
Oh, for fuck's sake. All right, now we're on to Carl. Oh, Carl. And one last thing about the episode I want to pull out. It, not part of the main plot, but Quark does have that really nice scene with Esri where he speaks to her and yeah. says, like, you know, you, you shouldn't be wasting your life on revisiting your past and all that. And it is a lovely, touchy yeah. moment between them. But um, he's, he's, like, trying to think, I'm going to get in here because she's not going yeah, to... Yeah, that's the, the <laughs> thing like, of it at the end. He's been a dirty old man, which yeah. there's nothing wrong with being a dirty old man. As I get older, I can appreciate these things he... <laughs> We just have to be but respectful yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, think it's a nice moment between the two of them. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think that was a lovely moment. But there's, yeah, just something about like, a, there's something about her acting in this episode as well, which I just didn't gel with. Like when she's going, it's like, huh, do you want to swap and be a counselor? It's like, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, that scene, saying, do you know why that scene didn't work? Because Nana Visitor had to pretend to laugh. And as I always harp on about she cannot do it she's a wonderful actress but she cannot do that but i feel like but i feel like it's almost like we've we've, you know uh, again i'll use him as an example only because he said it himself um uh, alexander sig said that you know uh he was learning as he went like some of the earlier performances he he does realize he kind of improved as he went became a great actor because he was a, a young actor at the time i feel like we're seeing a bit of this with uh, nicolo Nic- nicole de burr i think in some of these scenes she's not there yet and it's like yeah so if she gets someone doing who's unable to laugh i think that kind of throws her a bit more easily than a more seasoned actor for instance maybe uh, and she just yeah you're probably you know, right I, I didn't find her believable in this episode. I have I did, didn't jump yeah. out at me to be honest, but I I think I think it's benefited us with this rewatch, skipping the eight different Dax episodes that we've had over, you know. Yes. And we've talked about why they did it that way and everything, but it got a bit overkill, and I can see why in certain parts of the fandom, she's not that well-liked a character. Because um, it it did feel... It's a lot of story real estate to invest on See, essentially a new character I in your final her, season. Because I've got her hanging off my shoulders. You have? Nice. <laughs> I, 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 and no one's saying that, that we're not envious of that. But, like, I mean, yeah, but she's great. Like, like in the episode which you mentioned earlier where she's in her quarters and she's got the gun and she goes through walls and everything, she's really great in that. It's a really great performance by her. Uh, there are some really wonderful moments. I just think sometimes, like, yeah, again, she's suffering from the fact they're having to force this character in pretty much, but yeah. also the fact that she is a, a younger, less experienced actor going up against people who've worked together as a team for so long as well. Yeah, they've they've got into their characters for six years and she's dropped into... So and she's it's not like... like yeah. she She's dropped in, but she has to play someone who's known them, kind of, for six years it's it's a it's a big ask of any actor it also, but... it also throws in the thing which i said last week the whole idea that it's like um oh god uh i've completely forgotten where i was going with that sorry i just it just went it was something to do with dax uh, and the new dax something i said last week but yeah no it's gone okay well we'll wrap it up there if our brains are switching off 
Um, we will be back next week with the Siege of AR255. I think I may have oh, got the numbers it. wrong. Very quickly, very quickly. Where, where they talk about rejoining, and they've talked about that previously, and it's very clear that they're not meant to associate with a previous license, which they totally fudge for this. And it's sort of like, it feels like the reason why she doesn't go on the mission is sort of like, it's insinuated to me that she's trying to separate herself from her previous husband. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah. Time, think, yeah. But she's happy to be on a station with loads of people who are intimate in, their, in her life. Yeah. It, it's well, so you're allowed friends, weird. but not well, lovers, I think, is the... But you're also not allowed <laughs> to harm masters. I, it's all very fudgy, fudgy, fudgy for me. It, yeah. It, the whole thing is pushed. Dax isn't the most in. the most devout follower of Trill rules anyway, though. Um, but anyway, we'll be back next week with the Siege of Numbers and uh, Covenant. So we're going to cover those episodes. Which is episode eight and nine. So we eight have and no nine. Problem, so we have no problem that we may have missed it's one. It's just the next two. <laughs> and that's going to be the case for a lot of season seven. I think we're only skipping half a dozen, if that, between here and the end now. Um, in the meantime, you can get in touch with us at Retrek Pod. Uh, we're retrekpod at gmail.com. We're all over the different social media, including Retrek Model Studios, where Elliot has... I have just hit 500 subscribers. There we are. Uh, and I am going to say thank you, Jordy, for being my 500 subscriber. Woo. Why the hell weren't you subscribed previously? <laughs> This is how you lose the subscribers, Elliot. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just say it's me. I may be interviewing you this weekend as part of the 500 subscribers. Oh, the 500 subscriber celebration. <laughs> also this weekend, this is, uh, this is a preview. We may, I don't know if we'll be able to stream it on the Retrek uh, stream or where it'll go out to. But we may be reviving Indoor League with Fred Truman. And you may get to see Retrek plays Bar Billiards this weekend. So and we do know Cheese Skittles is happening, but we're not sure if it's actually happening. This weekend. Yeah, we're, we're not sure if we're allowed to play. We so. may have to do our own. Jeez, we can do, game. we can certainly do bar billiards. So hold on for that. If worse comes to worse, you'll get shove apnea. Can I? Can I also throw in? We're all going to be in the same location. We're going to see the Stranger Things play. Yeah, we got tickets. So just rub in anyone who's not. Um, but yeah, we're all going to be in the same location. We should at least do some like small video for the YouTube. <laughs> we will. Quick yeah. little thing of nothing. Else. Indoor um, league. Don't worry, yeah, I'll sit there. Yeah, yeah. has been warned now. She may be interviewed. Right. Uh, so, yes, Dr. Squee, what have we got coming up? Oh, uh, check out King's Toy Box on YouTube. I know you haven't got anything new, but check out all the other videos. They're, they're, they're amazing. Um, Dr. Squee Show, drsquee.com or youtube.com slash drsquee. Uh, again, we're sort of on hiatus at the moment. I'm aiming to relaunch uh, in uh, February with some new interviews. I'm just trying to line them up at the moment. However, if you go to uh, youtube.com slash drsquee or drsquee.com, it all leads to the same place, or Facebook slash uh, the Dr. Squee Show, 
there's loads of interviews there. Please check out. Why not? Ronald B. Moore. Uh, I interviewed him as part of Squeefest. Uh, I believe it's up as a separate video. If not, find the Squeefest videos and you can watch that. And Alexander Stig. Loads of Star Trek legends. Legends there. And, and, and I'll mention some more next week while we're on hi- hiatus. And thank you for trekking with us this time. And because we're reviving Indoor League, I'll see there. See there. See the dragon, uh, LLAP. I. <laughs>